0: Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to The Ringer Podcast Network. We hope The Ringer can provide you entertainment and companionship during this time. So as always, feel free to check out theringer.com, where we're still covering the latest in sports, pop culture, tech, and media, and The Ringer's YouTube channel can provide endless amounts of entertainment. You can find that at youtube.com theringer.
1: Welcome to The Pod is Spoken, the Ringer's Survivor Recap Podcast. I'm Riley Mcdee I'm your host. Every Thursday, I'll be here on the Ringer Dish feed to recap the latest episode of Survivor. Today, I am joined by somebody who definitely knows the difference between immunity idol and a podium. It is Jason Concepcion.
0: Let's fucking go. Do you want to play it? Would you like to play that?
1: I am so <laughs> excited to have this conversation with you. We've been talking about Adam and this iconic tribal council from episode <gasps> nine this morning. We're about to put that conversation on tape. So let's begin with the segment that we call tribal council. <laughs> this is just our instant reactions to the episode. It's all the meat and potatoes stuff. Jason, yeah. Adam, tribal council. <laughs> what was that? What happened?
0: Oh, my Fucking God. First of all, it's, I just, it, there's so many delicious moments. I think Adam pleading desperate for anyone to tell him what the hell was happening. Uh, Just so many moments stick out in my mind. Sophie uh, saying to him, I think you should, I think you should be fine. With like a little smile on her face. Uh, it, Just an absolute... Chaotic situation that was definitely an outgrowth of the kind of very volatile post-immunity debate that we saw take place in camp. Just iconic, absolutely iconic.
1: I think my favorite moment was Adam just being like, all right, guys, like what's going on? And nobody <laughs> saying anything. It was I, I cannot remember any tribal council where it was just silent for that length of time. And they left it in there and everyone's just looking around. I think they literally piped in like cricket noises for that. It was so awkward. I was stunned.
0: It was stunning. And the awkwardness, of course, only escalates. I loved when he again is is Adam is is pleading for anyone to, to tell him what's happening, which way they're voting. I'm willing to work with you. Just tell me what's going on. And then it it, it, it corrals Tony. And Tony has to actually explain to him how Survivor works for a second. Like, oh, you want us to say it out here? You want us to say it out loud? You know, this is what we do is we go back there. We write it down. Then we come out here. Just amazing stuff. I love Ben lying directly to his face when asked are, are you writing my name down no great
1: tony is so t- like i can't tell whenever tony's if he's trying to be funny or if that's just what he's like and he's just like all right well i guess i just have to explain to this kid how <laughs> know, counsel right? works. <laughs> uh and then yeah be- ben actually i think Ben was great in this tribal just kind of keeping it going and keep talking as this like madness is happening around him. I was actually like really impressed that he was so rock solid with the plan that he didn't have to to scramble like everyone else was. And then I checked. I thought Ben might have been one of the Nick votes and he wasn't. He actually voted Adam. So he did straight up lie to his face. He's like, I'm not writing your name down, dude. Beautiful.
0: (laughs) Absolutely beautiful. And then. You know, the Fleur de Lis moment is, will we'll go down in history as one of the most emblematic tribal moments ever. It will be in those super cuts of like iconic tribal moments. It was like agonizing. It felt like Adam pulled on that thing for two hours trying to get it to come out. And then Jeff played it beautifully fucking with Adam to an absolute almost psychological level to be like, oh, would you like to play that? And then Adam Throne, I would if you can. uh, Is it real? Like what? Just unbelievable stuff.
1: I guess you can just play anything now. I'm going to (laughs) play the entire tribal council set as an idol, Jeff. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, the moment you pull on it, and it doesn't come out, you know. That's like, it. Okay. You're done. It's not an idol. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. You're done. You're, yeah. you're finished. You're out on that.
1: <laughs> I admire him, like, just, just sticking with it. And I could actually have seen how it would work. I mean, you know, with so many advantages and twists and everything in modern survivor seasons, I could totally have seen somebody getting a clue from the edge that's like, hey, there's an idol at tribal council. It's in the podium. And the moment they see the fleur de lis, they know it's that but they don't want to show it to everybody, so they wait. They're like, okay, I've got this right there. No one's going to figure that out. So if Adam does figure that out, I mean, it's iconic. Instead, it's it's, historic. it's still iconic, but... Yeah.
0: As Jeff yeah, said, it would historic- be historic. Yeah. And I and I can see... You know, honestly, I could see where Adam's coming from in the sense that this is a game that consistently, consistently rewards people who pay very close attention, not only during their season and their gameplay, but to the show's history. Like, as we saw on the beach earlier in the episode, um, uh, at the edge where Parvati um, was able to figure out, like, oh, it's going to be by the stairs because that's what happened last time. Um, But just incredible. And then, like... It, how much that affected Adam's gameplay, like, that he thought he had this idol in his pocket is debatable to me. This really... He he didn't play the game any more aggressively, to my eye, than he has in the past. Um, but, just a- an iconic moment. Unbelievable moment.
1: He uh, I- At the beginning of the episode, he was like, I'm confident that it's an idol. He kind of yes, said it the same way that it. he was confident that that Sarah has an idol, which she doesn't. <laughs> it's like, man, you're a uh, dude. Your spidey senses are way off. You gotta recalibrate that thing.
0: I mean, the paranoia in this episode was was off the charts, and I think Adam was was uh, obviously the most affected by that. The chaos, post immunity, just absolutely melted his fucking brain. Like he lost it.
1: Do you, I think Nick was also losing it a little bit, clearly not as much as Adam did. But do you think that the vote shifted at Tribal Council at all? I mean, there was all that whispering. It, was the plan Nick, and then there were just like Adam's a lunatic. Let's just do this.
0: No, you know what? It's it's hard to say because both of them were clearly the easy perceived as the easy out, and I, I have to. You have to think that he got maybe one or two just because he absolutely was crazy and people were like, I, I don't know if I want to hang out with this guy for another couple of days. I do think, you know, obviously, like, part of Adam's success is he's perceived as the type of player who you want to take late in the game because it- you just want to be standing next to him at the end. Because that's a- that's a person who you feel like, I'll get the votes over this person. That's a person I feel like I can beat him in challenges. I feel like... Uh, I feel like socially I I'll, I'll win against this person, but I think it, he just took it to a level where it was like, all right, get this, get this guy out of here. It's, it's just too much. And he's dangerous. He's dangerous.
1: Yeah. Well, he's dangerous. Cause he's unpredictable. Yeah, I, to- definitely. And I think that partly that's why he survived as long as he did, which is, you know, when they were, when they were on their original Celle tribe and it was Adam's name was getting thrown out and it was like, well, you know, yeah, he uh, can drop a bomb at any time. But let's actually get out Ethan, who's somebody who we really don't want to go deep with in this game. And like all the bigger threats are kind of going. And Adam's always been like kind of a lower threat player. What do we think about Adam's gameplay in general? Because you know, on his season, he kind of did the same thing, which is he blew up his entire game right at the merge, and he was basically such a non-threat that he kind of hung around and he made some big moves as well. I mean, he had like some mutiny idols and. Uh, he, I think, engineered the rock draw in that season. It did some other things, but there's definitely a pattern of him playing from the bottom almost intentionally, or maybe unintentionally. I, I,
0: I want to say, first of all, that I have strong feelings about Adam, and I recognize one, that they are irrational, that they are the result of the incredibly uh, effective editing that. Survivor is known for, you know, like we saw Wendell get a villain edit uh, last week and that stuff works. I love, I love when, um, and I was like, get this guy out of here last week. That, that, that stuff is very effective. So I re I recognize that I'm irrational about Adam, a objectively good person who's been through tragedy in his life. As we saw in Gen X versus millennials, who, uh, is it uh, works with uh, homeless outreach Seems like a great dude. I just nails on a chalkboard when I watch it, man. It's like I, I his gameplay this season has been to betray everyone at the drop of a hat. Try to work with Rob, but also throw out Parvati, but also like uh, work every side of the fence. And then when that is done to him, act like it is the most personal affront that has ever taken place. The prime example is his argument with Ben in this episode, where he's it, it, like corrals Ben, tries to tell him that his name is getting thrown out, but then when Ben asks him a question, refuses to answer, and then characterizes that in tribal as if Ben won't work with him, won't talk with him, walked away from him in a huff. Not at all what happened. And then when he gets called on stuff cuz he invariably does cuz he's very transparent he like it just it tries to become Mr. Nice Guy like oh I'm just playing the game like like as if everyone else isn't playing the game and it just drives me nuts it drives me crazy
1: and they and they've he's you know, there's like always some truth and some kind of obfuscation in any edit on Survivor. Of course. And they've played it up with him this season where it's like, oh, yeah. he can't get his torch in, in the hole <laughs> yeah, in yeah, tribal yeah, yeah, yeah. or he's like poking around or whatever. And now we kind of know maybe he was looking for an idol or whatever. But then there's been other stuff, you know, uh, when he threw out Parvati's name. I mean, they hammered him. They had like every player being like, God, this snake, this rat, we can't trust him at all. And... <laughs> They give him, you know, the, oh, I'm so confident that Sarah has an idol when she doesn't. And that segment took like minutes and minutes of him minutes just being and minutes and minutes. Yeah. so confidently wrong where it's like, you know, they're playing us up, but he's also perfect for it. Just the way he is in confessionals where he can be so confident about stuff, even when it's not based on It's all in about him.
0: And it's always about him
1: he kind of he'll he'll like kind of shout it too. like he's a very shouting in confessionals uh it can almost be a little bit like whiny i think my favorite confessional from him was when he was talking about ben ostensibly his ally in the game and he 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 like mimicked ben's voice but it was the way a child does he was like ben's like it's like well that's not how ben sounds like and you just sound kind of dumb doing that but you know go ahead go off dude
0: and then and then he was like and Ben's treating me like a child. It's like, well, you tried to fuck with Ben's head. And then when he wanted more information, you're like, uh, well, that's not important, Ben who did it? if I threw out your name." Yeah, it's important. You're, uh, you're as you said, ostensibly you guys are allies and you won't you won't go on the record about whether you threw his name out. And not <laughs> like, say it what?
1: couldn't even just come up with a name. Couldn't even just be like, uh yeah, dude, it uh it was Denise or whatever. You know no, <laughs> like, what? just, just say somebody else. Just say everybody. Uh, you know, like if the if the uh if the sides <laughs> were flipped here and Adam had heard that he his name had been thrown out in that context where he was growing too close to somebody and he went and talked to Ben about it, if Ben had been he like, hey, I'm not gonna tell down. you Adam would
0: have been on a tirade. He, he would have melted down. Melted down. What am I f- it just Go ahead. Sorry.
1: I I love the Ben Adam alliance. I'm going to really miss because I love any two players that are aligned and they clearly just despise each other oh. and Ben and Adam both hated each other so much but they had to work together. It was great. And
0: Ben Ben really bad at hiding it. If he if you could even say that he hid it because he was just constantly like he when the t- I think it was last episode when <laughs> when Adam was like, "Well, you know, the, the tone you're taking with me. And then, so then Ben was like, I'm sorry, Adam, do you have an idol? Like, is that better? Is that better tone? <laughs> like, I was just yes. like, oh my fucking God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're like almost like a, like a bickering couple that just yes. should have gotten divorced like 20 years prior. And they'd only known each other for like two weeks. It is incredible. I know.
0: I'm just like, I, I'm, I'm happy to see Adam go, Honestly, he probably would have been gone two to three episodes ago, if not for the fact that his tribe just kept winning immunity and carrying him through like he was he's been an easy out for a while.
1: Yes. Once they did the tribe swap and they got into Yara, where Boston Rob was the obvious kind of easy boot. And despite his like buddy system, nobody talked to anyone's strategy. That was like basically a unanimous vote for Rob. After that, if Yara had lost any other immunity, Adam would have been the easy one because they showed Ben growing closer with Sophie and Sarah than Adam did and developing those relationships. And that's like another flaw in Adam's game is that usually it seems like people at least kind of like him personally, even if they're like strategically, he could just blow everything up at the drop of a hat. Uh, He didn't, he just never built relationships in this game.
0: I mean, it's hard because as, as you note, like he can drop a bomb at any time. Like, he there's no stability with him from you know from tribal to tribal you're just never sure if he is with you or not so it's just hard to work with a person like that where there's absolutely where there's just no predictability at all like i think you know all of these players are pros and i'm and i've been impressed all season with the professionality of everyone um they all recognize that at some point they're going to be betrayed but there's also that understanding of i have to if there's an alliance i have to it has to have a shelf life and that shelf life has to be has to be recognized or else no one will work with me um and adam doesn't seem to recognize that
1: and there can be chaos too yes. like it, it- at this vote, at this tribal, uh, I think almost everybody's name got thrown out at some point. And we had <laughs> Jeremy just like, iconically like laughing when somebody mentioned Tyson to him. Like, what?
0: <laughs> He's like, wait, what? What? <laughs> Like What's We're not going to do on? that.
1: And then eventually it wrapped around and and they like, they like wrapped back around to Nick, I think after Nick had been before and Jeremy just getting more and more flustered and confused. But you know, you can have that stuff happening, but you have to have somebody who's like in your corner or has your back or who, who can feed you reliable information and you can feed them. And I just think Adam never had that at this game, maybe in the very first couple of episodes, but once he threw out Parvati's name with Boston Rob, that tribe Never trusted him again. That was it. Ben worked with him only really reluctantly. He never really solidified any bond with Sarah, or Sophie, and it was that was it. He was just playing a dead end game.
0: Yeah, I mean, he had moves. Had he been able to establish those relationships and shown that he he's a person that you could work with earlier in the game, there were moves for him in this episode. Like him and Nick could have could have done something. Like there were there were things that could have been done that just were not available to him because of the zigzaggy, volatile way he has played this game.
1: Yeah, there was that one moment in Tribal where Adam went over to Nick and he was like, whose name did you get, mine? And Nick's like, yeah. And he's like, well, I got yours. And it was like, oh, there, maybe there's something there. But granted, you're also only two people, maybe three if you get Michelle and you haven't even been working together yet. It was just way too late, too late, too late. All right, let's talk about some stuff other than... Adam, though I'm sure we will also weave in more Adam discussion throughout this podcast. Uh, I wanted to talk about Michelle and this 50-50 token that she got. That I thought was it was so, so funny. funny when she was like, it's 50-50. Let me test it.
0: Oh, it's heads. Oh, it's tails. Oh, well, it works. I know. It's like, well, let me see. Let me flip it and let's see uh, wh- what comes up. true to its name. It's like, yeah, it's a coin. You flip it. It's got two sides. Like, what did you think it was going to be safe? Safe four times in a row? Fine. I will guess I'll take this thing. Like,
1: what? That'd be great. I wonder if she can figure out a way. Maybe you can, like, carve a little notch in the side and, like, stick some sand in there and, like, weight it down or something. I I mean, I don't know. Honestly, a
0: great move. Like, is that, that would be, that's on the edge, but, like, the kind of thing that's, like, enough of a gray area where, like, Would that fly in Survivor? (laughs) That
1: would not fly. I'm pretty sure the producers would be like, absolutely not. This is not how this works. (laughs) I thought that was like giving up four fire tokens for what's essentially half of an idol. is really tough. And she did it because I guess the fortune cookies told her to.
0: I know that was not like there are reasons. There are solid pros and cons for taking that risk and accepting that risk but four tokens is i mean you're she's basically a billionaire in this game like i i understand that there's some uncertainty about what the fire tokens might mean as we go on but it just it 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 felt like a risk and certainly to make that decision because it was like what did it say like empty your pockets and open your heart i forget exactly what the verbiage in that in the in the fortune cookie was but like to do it because of that is tough. Although you have to, we, we must acknowledge that by this point in the game, everybody has gone slightly insane. Like the decision-making is not the sharpest at this point in the game.
1: I always think whenever, whenever people do anything really bizarre on survivor and you're like, Oh, that's such a dumb Thing to do you also have to kind of add in the factor of like okay they're starving they're, they're sleep starving. deprived, like, they got yeah. like bug bites all yeah, over they, and like yeah. cuts and scrapes and stuff and like they've been in this hostile environment where they're worried you know about who they can trust or not for like
2: three weeks they're dying out there hey it's bill simmons i just wanted to make sure you're listening to podcasts on spotify here's how you do it first search for your favorite podcast on spotify's app they have a library of over 750,000 pods at this point. So let's say you're searching for the Rewatchables or the Dave Chang Show or the Ringer NBA Show. Once you find them, Click on the follow button. That's how you subscribe. Then click on those letters near the top of the app that say podcast. All the pods you're following will pop up separated by episodes, downloads, and shows. Wait, it gets better. On Spotify, you can adjust the speed of the pods to seven different speeds. 0.5 times is the slowest. I actually sound drunk at 0.5. You can do 0.8 times, 1.2 times, which is my favorite. Everyone sounds like they just had a good cup of coffee. And then... 1.5 times two times and if you're completely insane three times anyway spotify's app connects directly to many of the best automobiles in the world it even has a CarPlay feature that's pretty cool best of all it's free download spotify on any device and you're good to go should you be embarrassed that you're not listening to podcasts on spotify well i don't want to app shame you but the answer unfortunately is yes make the move listen to podcasts on spotify back to yours I'm really curious
1: if Michelle had any kind of negotiating leverage, like is she able to via the mechanics of the game basically send, Hey, you know what? If you, if you're sending me a 50, 50 token, how about you get 50, 50 of my fire tokens? So I'll give you two, but not four. Like, is there any ability for them to do that? Because I feel like if that's the case, I'm not taking like all four of my fire tokens off the bat when I'm the only one with four.
0: Agreed. It's, it's, it's just too pricey for me. I think even at three, it's too pricey Two maybe, but like four is it. Four is too much. You want to be holding some fire tokens as you go down the stretch of this game. Uh, It's a good question. It didn't seem like they gave her a lot of flexibility on that, but like, yeah, four is too much. Four is too, too much.
1: And if, Even if her options are only yes or no, if she says no, is that it? Like, did Parvati and and Danny and the people on the edge kind of blow their shot? Or can they then go to a different player and offer three? You know, it's not always clear how this is going to work. I like that they at least got the offer this time instead of it just being like, well, you you can sell it for one token. It's like, all right, let them make the offer. This is way more interesting to me.
0: I want to know how much they've gamed out. You know, like, this is it just reminds me of like an RPG or like some kind of video game mechanic where there are different forms of currency and mini games and different things that are happening. And um, I I do wonder like how much the survivor producers have gamed out the fire token economy and what the, the ancillary effects on the game are um, because it, it's very interesting to watch this unfold um, and watch the kind of trading like marketplace open up without the kind of uh, assurances of what this currency can buy, you know. Like it, it, the value of it is kind of amorphous. So, like the marketplace is amorphous. It's just like fascinating to watch it occur in real time, like without a without a set value.
1: Yeah, I really wonder what kind of like playtesting there is in Survivor or something. Like, did they just have? 20 people who okay we'll do fire tokens this way now we'll do them another way and they just run through like a mock version of the game over and over and over and over again till they figure it out because like you're saying like you know if it's like an rpg or something well anytime i play a video game like that people kind of figure out some inefficiency it's like oh if you just like hunt hunt rabbit pelts and sell right. them to this Grind one guy that. who appears right. one day of the week that's more efficient than any other way to do it and you know there could be an a scenario where fire tokens become overpowered or underpowered or whatever. I I also find it interesting that they're giving a fire token for the immunity challenge, because it's like, at this point, I'm not even sure if having the fire tokens is enough of an advantage to mitigate the, the way that your threat level rises by having the tokens. So now it's like, Oh, Kim has multiple tokens or whatever, or, you know, I don't know how many Kim has, but it's like, is that even worth like obviously you want immunity, but are the fire tokens uh, good or like bad to have?
0: Yeah, that's 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 the question I have. And part of me wonders, like, is this coin, you know, like uh, how much of this is they're figuring it out on the fly and how much of this is like uh, it, it is scientific? Like, for instance when you when you just when you play the game live i'm sure that there's things that come up where that they that the producers did not did not anticipate so i wonder how much of the appearance of this coin is like some sort of attempt to level set the spread of the fire tokens or depower them in some way just to allow them to to circulate more like it, it it's just really interesting to watch this happen without any kind of idea of like what the actual value of these things is going to be
1: yeah because we saw in the last episode you could get a close up shot of the menu for what that they what they can actually buy at tribal and really it's it's all like oh a tarp or coffee or donuts or whatever and then the two really interesting things are you, you can buy a letter that you send to anyone on edge of extinction for two tokens, or you can steal someone's reward or like, you know, replace their spot on a reward challenge for three tokens. And there's no idols, there's no advantages in a challenge. And so, so far it feels like fire tokens are not as valuable as people think in this game. Like if, if Sandra had known that that's what you can buy with fire tokens at the merge, she's not selling her idol for two tokens to Denise. And so it's been weirdly overvalued so far. If they bring these back in another season, maybe they'll change the prices, but people will have seen the menus, you know, players will have, and then they'll be undervalued. It's weird. I'm very intrigued by fire tokens so far, and I'm usually very hostile to different twists and advantages and changing the game. Fire tokens I'm like more open to, but I'm very like, okay, this needs a lot of fine tuning right now because it just is so fluid right now. Um. Let's also let's talk about some other players and some decisions they made. I noticed Nick in this episode, especially at the beginning, but even also at tribal a little bit. He's like kind of underrated as a hothead. Like anytime he feels like he's in danger, he's just he's very upset about it, and I find it entertaining.
0: It was beautiful. He went full fucking John Wick. You killed my dog and stole my car? Like how dare I'd be blindsided in this manner. My name has been thrown out. That's it. I am flaming everyone. Oh, Sarah, you you uh, gave up your f- food reward for me because it's my birthday, blah, 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 blah. I am gonna stab you in the neck the very first chance I get. You are top of my list. Everyone's going down this episode. It was like, it was really fun to watch.
1: I'm just like, all right, man, like you've been around the block here before. (laughs) You know, that this is not a winning strategy. It's just like go, uh, you know, scorched earth. You can't burn bridges and also win in survivor. You gotta be a little bit more chill. I think he might've been the one who threw out Tyson's name too. And I don't know. I was like, buddy, it feels like if you keep playing like this, your time will be short.
0: I have to say, yeah, for sure. As a medium to long-term strategy, that never works. Um, just to kind of spoiler my pick of like uh, who won the episode, I think, I think that Nick's Nick understood that he was on the edge, that he was one of uh, the perceived as the weak players easy out this, this week and his strat to just be like, I'm going to create a circular firing squad and throw everyone's name out and, and, and whisper in everyone's ear that. I'm hearing this, and I'm hearing that, and just cause chaos. And it, it, I have, I have to think it worked for him this week. You know, as we, as we said, it, it probably swayed a couple of votes to Adam, and it it just created a situation where, where nobody was really sure what was happening. And in that chaos, he was kind of able to lay low a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still think that the vote might have actually shifted at Tribal the way that Ben said it might. In which case, I mean, we saw Nick going to Tribal looking very nervous, and then he kind of was like, oh, now I feel better, and I feel better about my spot in the game. I don't know if that'll stay for the next Tribal or what he's going to have to do to actually get a real footing in the game, because right now he has, like, one ally in Michelle, but...
0: He, he needs to he needs to build relationships, like you just said. Like, he's only got, like, one person they he can really count on if he doesn't start some outreach immediately after this tribal, he's not long for this game.
1: And I think it's bad that like, we had this confessional from Kim where obviously Kim had the immunity necklace, so she got a good chance to narrate because she's safe in the game. And she was kind of like, well, Nick is my preferred person out because I have no relationship with him. It's like, Nick has no relationship with you. Are you guys not talking? Like, if you're on Survivor, you need to be talking with every single person every single day so that you have some kind of relationship with everybody, even if it's not, you know, a strong bond. You have you have something there. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe we're just not seeing it on the show, but you should have some kind of relationship with Kim.
0: I, I agree. And I think that's why, you know, historically, anger has... anger and kind of frustration and this sense of, uh, you know, being aggrieved, uh, never, it, it just never works. If anything, it exacerbates one's downfall. He was able to kind of play with fire and, and, and you could argue successfully this week, but that kind of, I'm coming for everyone. They've, everyone has turned on me. That's, that doesn't uh that doesn't support like bridge building and building relationships and building allyships. I think Tony's Tony's strategy that he's employed quite successfully over the course of this season and through his original season of like very low-key when he's not like burying himself in the ground, <laughs> like very kind of like even keel. Hey, you know how this works. This is all part of the game kind of thing. Is historically successful. So we'll see how it works for Nick. He's just got to lower the temperature, like if he wants to work with people.
1: This is like one of the tensions in the game is that it's like you don't win if you don't build like real, genuine relationships. Yeah. But then you also don't win if you don't treat everything like it's a game it's like somebody can backstab you and let's say it doesn't work and you're still in the game you gotta be like hey man I get it you know it, it's yeah, Survivor yeah. we're playing to win even if that person like actually is your friend or you thought you trusted them or whatever it's like you gotta put the grievances aside uh, the The people I guess who did have done that really well so far were like Michelle and Wendell who maybe yes. hated each other maybe we're working together I don't know it's I, still that, unclear that what their was, relationship was that was, was one but, of those
0: like why don't you guys just like go off And like make out already Because I At first I was like They hate each other And then I was like Oh uh, Wendell cheated Or something And then I was like Well actually Are they still attracted To each other Because this is weird
1: I still am like 40% convinced That they are Basically a couple Or at least Very good friends And they were just like We can't be the power couple That gets voted out Let's just pretend Like we hate each other (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, because it was definitely like the vibes were coming out at the, at the end of that. I just want to, I want to note, like, to to your point of like, you have to be able to acknowledge that this is a game and that everything that happens is, is part of the game. I think that's part of what backfired on Sarah with that true altruistic move of like, give up my reward because it's Nick's birthday and we've all, and he's been away from his family. Yeah. We all are away from our families. What are you talking about? Like, I I think where it backfired on her was her saying, this is not a game move. This is not, this is purely out of the goodness of my heart. I'm not doing everything done on that Island is a game move. Like you can't to pretend that it's not is whether you believe that or don't will be perceived as disingenuous by disingenuous by everyone else on that island
1: uh i want to i want to talk about sarah but i think we can dive into it in like a minute or two here um speaking of stuff that might be altruistic or might be a game move on edge of extinction so poverty and with the help of danny they find the 50 50 coin they sell it to michelle they get the four fire tokens and they tell the tribe about that Do you think? But they hesitated about it too. They were like, "Oh, should we just keep this to ourselves, or should we tell Edge of Extinction?" And there's still only one of them is coming back later in the game, but they're still ostensibly in the game. I don't know. Is that does that like make sense to tell people about the peanut butter, or should they have hit it and tried to like you know up their own ability to win whatever the next challenge is?
0: I think that it to me that that made sense within the context of Parvati's. Game style at large, which is this very she's been successful as, quote unquote, like the flirty player. Because not because um, of the of of the relationship building and and the particular style that she employs, but because which people call out and understand, you know, every player on that island is like, I understand that Parvati is going to smile at me and charm me. And that's part of her thing but what makes her good at that is it, people feel genuinely good when she employs that strategy on them it's not it's 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 this very welcoming like you're part of it yes this is the game but i'm talking to you and this is like she really makes people feel as if uh they are the only person on that island in that moment and i feel like that that kind of the strategy of sharing that is kind of part of that that she does, which is make people feel like they are part of her game. They are let into her game. Um, So I thought that made sense. It's obviously a risk, but I thought it made sense.
1: I have I I, I very much agree with you. I have a theory on poverty, which is that basically... Every season, every newbie season, there will be one of the female contestants will be like, the player I want to play like is Parvati. They always ask all the contestants this. If you read like their bios before the game, you can see who they think they want to play like. And they'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the next Parvati. And what, they th- what that player always thinks that means is being flirty and manipulative and diabolical. But I actually don't think Parvati is that villainous of a player I think that she's charming and friendly and pretty genuine and just makes people enjoy being around her and playing the game with her and that's what has like help, led to so much success for her and it comes across as flirtiness when she's with guys in the game maybe not anymore at this point when she's married and everything but you know in previous seasons sure it did but that wasn't really she wasn't trying to be like the the this like harlot that somehow schemes her way to the end that's not i I could not
0: agree more i could not agree more she makes she makes uh, the island somewhat more tolerable people want to play with her she includes people in her game and that has been successful for her and listen maybe she's charmed me too but like i i i i think that this you know the sharing of of the reward i think was part of Part of her larger uh, strategy, which has been very successful for her over the years.
1: That's the other thing, too, is I think the island is a lot more miserable than we see in in moder- in modern the modern edit. And if you're playing with somebody like Parvati, who's just like bubbly and optimistic all the time, it's just nicer to be out there with somebody like that than someone who's a bummer complaining about the rain or the food or whatever.
0: Just that like that moment with Ethan from a few episodes ago where Ethan's like, it's really tough out here. Edge of Extinction I'm not eating. I'm under a lot of stress. I'm worried about my health as a cancer survivor. Like, what is this doing to me? Is this and she took on that emotional burden masterfully? And that's like just the kind of thing she does on the island. Like, is an as an ear for people. Now, whether or not she uses that information later it, it is a different question. But in that moment, she is a person that people feel like I can talk to at least i can talk to Parvati about this
1: yes totally i remember laughing at that conversation because Parvati's advice was sort of like alternative medicine esque yes, like just have, just have just have good like, vibes and you, your cancer won't come back dude but but uh, like you know we <laughs> like laugh about the the like lack of science or whatever but she was definitely a good person for ethan to talk to and i think she probably made everybody on the edge yeah. yeah everyone on the edge probably enjoys having Parvati there all right, let's uh, let's move on to our next segment. This is our archetype breakdown. So this is the segment where we kind of talk about a strategic way you can play the game. On this episode, I wanted to talk about the altruist, which we'll call it. Basically, can can you play Survivor? like a human anymore. Maybe one day you could, maybe that's how Ethan probably won his season. But, uh, you know, it's every once in a while you have somebody comes in and they'll be like, I just want to play a straight game. I want to be loyal. I want to be honest. I'm not going to do this cutthroat stuff. And I just, I'm not convinced that it'll work anymore, but you know, the player I wanted to talk about is Sarah and her move in this episode to give up that reward and whether that can actually work or if that is actually a move that only backfires in modern seasons.
0: Yeah, I don't I I think it could work on a different season. Like if it wasn't everybody's a champion out here. That's not going to work amongst with this group of players for sure. With a different group of players with some new players and stuff, it might work. It would it, it is a more difficult path for sure and it entails winning a lot of challenges. Um, but I think it's I think it's still viable if very difficult. I also think again that it's not it is if it's it's if anything as as disingenuous if not more disingenuous than the lying styles of play because it it affects this oh i'm not playing the game this is out of the goodness of my heart kind of uh front which is just kind of objectively not true
1: So I think that Tony really had his finger on the pulse of this, and he has a really good audio clip that I cut that we can kind of we can play here just because it's so good. We got to share
0: it. Wow, Sarah got caught up in the moment, and that one moment on Survivor is what costs you the game. Sometimes when you can't get out of that emotional, realistic, humane moment. To be that barbaric survivor that you need to be. You won, you were happy, and you became human. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? And that's what, you know. And then everybody's probably saying, that was a strategic move on no, Sarah's but, part. Sarah's playing a great fine. game. That's fine. Sarah's got to go. Because I gave up a reward? That's how it happens. I, he, was, he was very wise in that moment. He's wise. He's been very wise over the last few episodes.
1: He's so good at diagnosing the game. I'm always so impressed with Tony. And then I think, it was after that confessional that they went and they showed a bunch of other players basically being like, dude, Sarah is playing the game. Uh, we got to watch out for her. And Nick was like, this doesn't buy anything. I'll stab her in the neck like you're saying. Yeah, yeah.
0: Jeremy immediately like, wait a second, I'm trying to work with Nick. And now she's trying like it just it just made her the focus of a lot of eyes, which is never good. in survival
1: game changers, Sarah played an extremely impressive game. Like Of the winners that are out there, she's one of the ones where it's like, wow, she really dominated her season. She can really play. She really understands Survivor. And I feel like her giving up her reward here, uh, she had kind of flown under the radar a bit this season, which is where I think you want to be if you're Sarah. And her giving up the reward was just a big reminder to everybody. Oh yeah, Sarah's here. She knows Very well, what she's doing. She can play. She's a huge threat. I hated this move
0: for her. I absolutely hated the move. There was like, it was all risk and very, very, very little upside. If the upside is I build a bond with Nick and now I have a strong relationship here, power base from which to build up on, you've just done that in the most public possible way. Like, that can be accomplished with a with a conversation off in the palm trees somewhere. You don't have to give up your food in front of everyone. It makes no sense.
1: The other thing is, so she gave up the food. It was Nick's birthday.
0: No, but I'm not like, even that day. It was like yes. two days ago. <laughs> it, was, it was Nick's birthday.
1: <laughs> it was, yesterday it was his birthday.
0: And yeah. I'm like, man, after age
1: 21, at the latest age Come 21, on. I don't give a shit about your birthday. I don't, like, a, I don't yet, care on. if it's your birthday on Survivor. I wouldn't even tell anybody if it was my birthday on Survivor. It, not relevant. Who cares? It, it, who cares?
0: And like, there's, listen, I've seen this fly sometimes where it was like, where people are gonna like, get to hang out with their family members, and then someone gives it up. You, you've seen that work. Yes. But, But not with this kind of, that's a different thing. That really builds a strong bond when you're like, you know what? Um, so-and-so has not seen their wife and I know that they're going through a hard time. I'm, I'm going to give it up so that they, so that this person can, that works. This doesn't.
1: That's the one time it's different for me too. If it's like, oh, you know, I have like my brother out here, right? but you have like your wife and you guys have a three month baby at home or something, you know, then it's like, yeah, give that up. Um, that actually feels real. This was Chinese takeout.
0: Like, come come on. on, come on folks. And also like at this point in the game, you've been starving, you're eating rice. You're like pulling a squid out of tidal pools, maybe that food has got to look great.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think that the food that they offer now on on recent seasons looks like terrible to the home viewer. It's like there was one season, like two seasons ago, where it was just a pile of pizza. They'd taken pizza, they'd (laughs) slice it up, and (laughs) they'd (laughs) stacked it in a pile. And it was like, what the hell? Who serves pizza like that? But it often, no matter what it is, I mean, sometimes it's like, Oh, we have peanut butter and jelly. Like, oh, great. Thanks. Like, I'm glad you had a $20 budget for this reward, but if you're starving on an island, oh my god, that's like a buffet. That's a feast. This is
0: This is why again I'd like to argue for, you know, the thing that Mallory has talked so much about, which is w- there needs to be some sort of ancillary stream, some kind of other content that kind of like builds out the the environment and lets you get a really understand what it is like to be there. Uh, you know, I I Big Brother, which is a show that I've watched off and on for many years, has Big Brother After Dark, which airs on uh, Showtime, I believe. And it's like three hours of contemporaneous in the house feed. If there was some if you put a three hour just cut of Island Life on CBS All Access, I'm subscribing today.
1: I'd watch all of that. I mean, I'm a huge advocate for longer episodes. I watch they do put up like very short like 2 minute clips after the episode airs it's not it's enough. not it, it's not enough you do get like the tree mail which i miss i wish we still got tree mail you get some stuff but yeah oh man i would watch hours and hours i've heard that there are international there are international versions of survivor like there's like survivor australia and like survivor New Zealand and stuff. Um, I've never really checked any of them out, but I've heard that like on Survivor Australia, it's like three nights a week for an hour each night or something. Yeah, so give you get that
0: to me. Oh yes, yes. Especially give this would have been me. the
1: season to do it.
0: Yeah, especially with so much with you know, there's so much firepower on the edge of extinction right now, and. You know, there was some concern over the last couple episodes where it's like, should we be spending more time on edge? Because, And now that's flipped on this episode, but I still think there's just so much more there to be mined. Like, let's spend more time on edge in addition to spending more time in the regular, uh, the regular game.
1: A couple episodes ago, they cut out an entire reward challenge. Like, they played a reward challenge on the island. It just didn't end up in the episode at all and it's so obvious that there's more here you have more than 44 minutes of content a week so buff it out 90 minute episodes 2 hour episodes just something i need i need more of this it feels it feels very rushed to me almost every episode feels a little like bit i'd love
0: to see i'd love to see give me an hour give me 45 minutes on some like other platform of them just like waking up in the morning what is the routine give me an idea of like how hard it really is and i think all of that would really just buttress um the hits when you get those massive plot turns or those kind of like head scratching uh head scratching decisions within the actual episode i think that would just uh, really amplify the show in a real way
1: yeah, you can separate it. You can say, hey, if you have this casual audience that really only wants one night a week, fine. You're going to put all the essentials in there, the show exactly how it is right now. And then for the super fans, just throw another two hours on CBS All Access every week. I would Give watch the me. hell Give out of Give it that. to me. All right, let's, uh, let's do our superlatives and then we can wrap up here. We will begin with best move of the episode. Jason, what was your best move?
0: I'm going to go with Nick. He was playing from the bottom, a real weak position, went John Wick, as I mentioned, and really turned in a Vladimir Putin-like performance. There was already a lot of tension in the island. There's already a lot of paranoia. You know, Michelle was like, why am I getting blindsided when I clearly this was a decision I would have supported? Why is no one talking to me? Adam is out here running around like with a chicken like a chicken with his head cut off. Lot of lot of frayed lines of communication and I think Nick understanding and sensing that he was on the outs amplified that chaos to really good effect um and just caused Adam to have a complete meltdown at tribal.
1: If we're giving if we if we think Nick gets the credit for that, that's one way to save yourself. Even though I'm worried that it could, he could be playing more of a short term game. Sometimes in Survivor, it's like everything just gets shuffled every tribal. It could all change. He could find himself next tribal with like three allies or something, you know, people who want to flip or whatever. So he's there. He's a vote. I will say my best move is Ben. Uh, more i don't know if it, he really played had like the best single move but i think he might have intentionally been distracting adam during tribal council when there was all this whispering and everything was going he just did a really good job of sitting there like a rock and kind of taking adam out of the discussion which might have helped solidify the target on adam adam probably needed to be going around doing more whispering and stuff during that if he had any hope he may have had no hope no matter what but just Bitching it back and forth with Ben was not going to do it.
0: That was not going to do it. That was the worst thing he could have
1: done. And I'm just impressed with Ben in general because he's been alongside Adam the entire time. And yet he's built all of these relationships. He's, uh, he's playing close a great with people. Game. He's kind of under the radar. He's embedded himself with people who have power. I don't know if Ben really has power himself, but he's at least tangential to power. Adam has been on the outs the entire game. I mean, it's like you look at those two, one of them has played at least decently well, the other.
0: Ouch. Could not agree more.
1: Okay, worst move. I think we uh we kind of already hit this one. We both have the same answer here. I think we both hated Sarah's move.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It just was uh, high risk, low reward. Didn't make any sense. What are you doing?
1: With, with so many different players basically being like, ooh, Sarah, she's playing. And they kind of cast that move in a negative light. I really feel like what we got in this episode are the seeds of what will eventually lead to her going home.
0: I. Yes, I agree, because everybody understands that she is a strong player, and the fact that she's out here trying to act like she's not playing, I think, will only hurt her in the end.
1: Right. Or, or she could have, I don't know, just continued like that. Just don't draw attention to yourself at this point. That's We're the, still at the like,
0: That's the, the Jeremy, uh, Ben, kind of Tony move of like, I want those meat shields in front of me, and I'm going to hang back. That's been the way to operate this season.
1: Yes. And it's especially when you're still at the final 11, there's so much time left to make moves. There's so much time left to like manage the jury a little bit. I mean, yeah, I would have respected it more if she'd honestly been in the confessional. Like, you know, I think Nick's going to go home tonight. And uh, I just wanted to hopefully get his jury vote for down the line. I would have actually respected that. I, I did not agreed with the move, but I would have been like, okay, at least you're thinking about this her being like well everybody can be nicer to
0: each other it's like well yeah, you're going to what, go what are you talking <laughs> like where are you like it's like come on like, who, who, yeah, that was the thing that just killed me It's like I, hopefully we can all uh take from this that so we can all just be nicer it's like where are you are on survivor island what do you what are you talking yeah it's about? like it's
1: like i don't disagree but uh you know save <laughs> this for like a talk yeah. show or something you're on survivor it's time to be cutthroat
0: yeah come on
1: And she knew she played her winning season. She was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm a cop and I'm going to play this season like a criminal. And she just flipped around and she was backstabbing people. And it's like, yeah, that's how you win in survivor. That's exactly how you win. Okay. Let's wrap up with front runners to win. Jason, (sighs) is there anyone who stands out in your mind as anyone who's in a really great position?
0: You know what? There's several people. I think Ben, as we noted, is in a great position. I think Jeremy is in a great position as a good as a a good challenge person who's built some uh, good inroads with different players, but also is kind of behind the scenes. Tony as well. I'm going to kind of pull one out of thin air slightly and say, I think. We didn't talk about Denise at all this episode, and I think that that is a place to be. I think that's where you want to be. No spotlight at all. She showed briefly this season um, with the really masterful uh, tribal immunity move that she can play and she understands her moment and she understands what the moment is. And I think she understood, you know, obviously a lot of this is the edit, but it seemed to me that she understood this was the time to lay back. And I think... I'm not going to necessarily pick her to win, but I think she played everything perfectly, which was get out of the spotlight, stay back, let everybody fire at each other and just kind of go along with the current this season. I'm going to say Denise. She kind of got
1: her explanation for this vote in the previous episode when Adam's name came up and she was like, well, you know, I'd be the ripple effect. I'm aligned with Adam. But she was like, it's cool. It's chill. We can get rid of him. No big deal, which I think is Correct. If you've got to cut somebody loose, cutting Adam loose doesn't feel so bad. Who do you got? I've been kind of like just picking players to highlight in this portion. It's so hard to pick a front runner to win, but I actually think this time I'm going to say who who, right now, who I think is going to win this game. I'm like so nervous to say it out loud because I want this to happen, but I don't want to like jinx it, even though it's already been filmed. But I think Tony's going to win. He's played a great game. He's played a great game. He has his finger on the pulse. He had that one episode where he freaked out, but otherwise he's been so laid back in all the ways that he needs to. And he also is, he's like symbolized kind of one of the main core themes of the season, which is this lions and hyenas thing. And he's gotten the chance to it's, talk if about I that. hear that
0: one more time. And then the hyenas come in. It's like, please get another metaphor. My guy, Tony, I love you, but we just needed one more. That's fair, that's fair, but he's right about it. He's right. All the <laughs> lions
1: were right. targeted early, and now they're getting out the hyenas. And it's like, I kind of love the
0: game he's playing. He's got the right alliance. I love him, too. I love him, too. He really, as you said, really understands the rhythm of this game. And he's one of the most self-reflective players left in here. You know, like the duality of Tony, on the one hand, as this kind of wizened player doling out advice telling uh, people hey this is just all part of the game you can't get upset about this blah 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 and also that guy who's capable of like running off digging a ditch and burying himself in the shrubbery up to his neck like that is incredible to me and i i'm just a big fan of tony's i agree he really he really knows where this game is headed it seems
1: we watched Kageyan at the beginning of this season, which is Tony's winning season. He is just one of the most creative people to ever Absolutely. play. He's like, he's like thinking about, you know, like if Adam's like, oh, maybe there's a, an idol at Tribal, Tony's thinking about, you know, very creative ways to play, except the stuff he does usually actually works and it's insane. It's like, oh, I'll bury myself in a bush and I eavesdrop mean, on people. His and spot are-
0: shacks are. They are masterful. They're masterful. It's like on the level of the first time you saw a fake idol, like that kind of thing where you're just like, wow, that is that works. And he's the only person that really does that.
1: I can't believe that people haven't tried to copy that stuff and just eavesdrop on people. It's so obvious. Like, yeah. What if you could just eavesdrop on somebody? You'd yeah. <laughs> have a huge advantage.
0: Yeah. What if I? What if I just like make a make a trap door by where the water is and literally just lay under it and just listen to people all day? Great.
1: He seems like he's learned so much from <laughs> Game Changers, where he played way too hard and he went out way yeah. way early. I just love it. I love the way he was, you know, discussing with Sarah her move, and he kind of was right about, you know, I don't know, you can't do something like that. And Tony would know. I mean, Tony's somebody who plays a big, big game, and so he kind of knows when the big moves are working and when they're not i
0: I agree with you he's really there's that there's that kind of aspect of self reflection where he understands like hey in 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 game changers like I literally would just run around the island looking for idols openly, uh, and I can't do that now. Just a really, really heady player who's playing a great game right now.
1: If he wins, it'll be. I mean, anyone who wins this season is legendary, but Tony, like, already is kind of a legend. So if he wins, yeah. it's unbelievable where he, he, like, vaults to in, like, I don't know, yeah. your all time rankings or whatever. I think that this is a good note for us to end on. That's, that's really all we have. Jason, I'm so glad, happy that we had you for this podcast. Thank, thank, you, thank you so for much having for having me on. on.
0: It's just, it's been a dream of mine
1: this was fantastic hopefully we have you back if not this season another season for sure i'm so happy to have you watching survivor this season
0: i love it. it's been it's been an all-time season thus far it's been great it's been it's been really great
1: all right that's all we have for today uh thank you for listening to the pod has spoken i'm riley macty that's jason concepcion steve allman is our producer i'll be back here on the ringer dish feed next thursday we'll see you then